it's a year that um, hasn't had a ton of excitement, at least at the front of the grid. So, Lando, though. Yeah. I beg to differ, Nick. The Me front too. of the grid is getting pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, In fact, if I may it. for a second, speaking of giving some flowers, I have no flowers, but I do have some champagne. Oh, wow. So, Where did you get that? Was that leftover uh, from New Year's? There we go. That's a tiny bottle. Of- oh, he's got small. a glass. The man came equipped with props, folks. Oh, cheers. Lando on the podium in Silverstone. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's a great Tastes like second place. Uh, well, I mean, if <laughs> you ain't first or last, but <laughs> traditions. <laughs> All right, Very Valtteri. Tasty. Sean's going to be taking nude photos in the river next time we talk to him. Ain't nobody need to see that. <laughs> I think Valtteri would support it. Speaking of getting the party started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we got it. I would make it this far, but I'm moving them wrong. Everybody criticized and they hated on me, but I just stay strong. Hey. It's time for another episode of the Gridiron Podcast, where we talk about football and Formula One. And if you ask me which part is the grid and which part's the iron, I'm going to leave that up to Sean and Katie. I'm Nick Shook. That is Sean Barry, and that is Katie Caldwell. And we're here to talk about, well, Formula One above all. But before we do that, Mike, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Good. Yeah, everything's good. Yeah, nothing exciting over here. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's all we got. What do you want? Like a novel? No, we're doing good, man. Yeah, I want a novel. Oh, you know, I had a a great week. You know, the sun rose and it's set in Florida as it always does. It rained a little bit. I'm just kidding. This is episode nine, and we have quite a race to discuss in Silverstone. We also have a lot of headlines to talk about because it's been a busy week in Formula One. Surprisingly, uh, 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 well, the silly season started months early, guys. Early. Silly season is underway. Nobody's noticed. Nobody's paid attention. Some certain uh, Aussie is, you know, whatever. Who cares about him, right? You know, uh, no, nobody cares about that. But why don't we just dive right into it? Because I, first off, I do want to say the podium prediction segment, I'm going to revel in this, okay? When we recap how we predicted it. last week's race. But let's get, to the, let's get to the news first. And the big news is, of course, as we've talked about on this podcast for weeks, guys, Avatari, not doing so hot. Nick DeVries. Really doing poorly. So poorly that, well, big chief of Red Bull over there, Helmet Marco, decided, you're out. You're gone. These races that you ran, however many, what is it, nine, ten? I can't even tell you at this point how many races there's been this season. That's enough. We've seen enough. We're moving on from you. I don't think anybody here is surprised by this move, right? Uh, No, not really. But it's so ruthless. Like you feel bad for Nick DeVries. He's only raced 10 years in his four or 10 <laughs> races in his formula one career. 10 years. 10 years. No, just 10 races. It's been even one year. Four years. Uh, he, he, he races 10 races with the worst team in formula one this year. And they're like, nah, fam, we're good. We're going to put Danny Rick back in the car, which is funny because he had offers in the offseason to go to Williams. Didn't want to go there because he didn't want to be in a bottom feeder team. He had offers to go, he had open offers to go to Haas. You, you know, they were what, just uh, like, give, give us a call. Where? What Haas, is that, whatever. It's Gene ha- Haas. <laughs> Who cares? It's probably not Haas. It is Haas. Because, do you watch NASCAR? No. Yes. No, you don't because no, it's Haas. Really. It's Haas. No, not really. Stuart Haas Racing. CNC machining. It's it's Haas. Uh, damn it, I will debate this until the end of time. 
And I'm also going to say Charles Leclerc because that's how he says it too. Anyway, he does say Charles Leclerc. No, he doesn't say Leclerc and it's spelled completely different. I will die on that hell. It's very annoying. Anyway, back to Nick DeVries. Uh, It's sad, but I mean, he didn't show us anything like at all. I it, there there were times he looked lost. It, it, him and Nikita Mazepin, what was the difference? It's like that Spider-Man meme. They're just kind of pointing at one another. Even Nikita yeah, Mazepin, yeah, though, I, I, had more of a shot. Like, and I know the circumstances were really different with his father and all of that, but yeah, and, like, then, and, and then sabotaging him by giving him the worst the, car, you know, way Katie, worse you know, he had the than worst car. Mick Schumacher's definitely. I was surprised that this happened before summer break. I could see it coming. I think for a lot of other drivers, they would get the full season, but we all know that Helmut Marco is just wild and super ruthless. Like you said, Sean, like he just, Kate, you're out of there right now. And when he was asked about Nick since Silverstone and said, like, what does he need to do? And he goes, oh, like, it's it's up to Nick to get it done. And then they didn't even give him one more race to try. It's just... Yeah. Only 10 races. It just seems like, like, I'm happy about who's coming in. I'm so thrilled about that. But I think both things can be true. That, spoiler alert, Gianni Ricardo is back in a Formula One. That is great as of the next race. But you're also allowed to feel bad for Nick because it just feels really, really cutthroat. I also feel like this was a product of the circumstances. Red Bull snatched up a driver like Ricardo to be not even a reserve driver. They called him their third driver. There was always going to be that speculation that he could jump into a seat. And Red Bull has four, so he could jump into any which one of them. Obviously, he's not going to replace Max, but you know what I mean. You have this team in Alpha Tauri that's the worst on the grid this year. You have a 26-year-old rookie. And then you also have a camp at Red Bull where it was revealed by Helmut Marko that half of the camp didn't want him, right? Helmut wanted him, and then Christian Horner clearly didn't want him, but they ultimately went and signed Nick DeVries. And so when you have those two camps pulling against one another, it's not going to take a lot for Christian Horner to say, hey, Helmut, let's pull the plug. We owe Daniel this. We owe him another chance. You know, he deserves to be on the grid more than Nick DeVries, which at this point, eh, it's up in the air. I mean, apparently Daniel got in the simulator and he was just in top form on the on the the video racer you know that very closely replicates the real thing and then used for training but it's like i think this is more a decision driven by the fact that they reacted way too emotionally to one solid performance from nick devries in a, in a unique situation in which he stepped into a williams when alex albon wasn't able to participate and the race itself was kind of strange and they're like look at that he's he's won an f2 he's obviously deserving even though nobody everybody a ton of teams gave him test drives and none of them signed him they're like yeah, bring him up let's let's sign him why why not uh let's i mean colton hurt is not available and we don't like any of the other young guys in our junior program that once produced title winners like Max Verstappen and Sebastian Vettel. No, let's just go get this kid who four teams have already said no to. Let's go get this kid, throw him in the car. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised by this. He was not good. He had one good race. There wasn't enough evidence to say that he was going to be effective. It's just that, is this, so like you said, you know, it's the worst team in the grid and everything else, but like, is it a product of the car or, or of him? Because I think it's more him. I mean, Yuki Sonoda outdrove him basically this entire season. And he's in his third season with the car and the team. That's true. That's a good point. That is fair. Uh, I, you're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong there. I, I, I sense a bit of defense. Sean, are you, are you a defense lawyer? 
I could be. Objection, Your Honor. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Honestly, I'm not sad to see Nick DeVries go. It, it was one of those things. It. I'm glad we can now go. Okay, Daniel's back in F1. Shocker. Surprise. Surprise. Let's move on. And now at the same time, well, I don't want to say I was going to say, you know, Checo doesn't have to, you know, look in his rearview mirrors often to see if Daniel is right behind him with, you know, a piece of piano wire. Uh, But that might not still be the case because for the rest of the season, Daniel is going to be compared maybe not to Checo, but to definitely Yuki to see how they're going in that Alpha Tauri. That's what's so interesting from the fallout of all of it is all of a sudden Checo Perez is kind of looking around going, okay, this changes everything. And it does change things for Yuki where I don't know if it's necessarily Yuki under a bunch more pressure, but I think it's just observation in a different way than he was before, because we didn't have a lot of context about Nick DeVries and the car's shit. So you think Yuki's driving really well, but you don't quite know so now I think there's just going to be a lot more observation on him and that pressure on Checo. It, with the timing of him not driving well at all and for a minute now, like it's not just a small sample size. It feels like over half of the season now. This changes a lot of the dynamic because they it's a junior team. Like it, it's there's more drama with it because it's essentially dealing with four drivers. Obviously, Max not included in that because he couldn't be a safer bet but everyone else it makes it a little more interesting here here is some stats that'll blow your mind that you've been hearing all weekend long sergio perez is on such a downward spiral he has as many q3 appearances by the way hasn't been in q3 in five consecutive races now he has as many q3 appearances as alex albon in a williams nico hulkenberg has more q3 appearances this season than sergio perez so at the same time while Daniel is going to be compared to what Yuki does in that Alpha Tauri for the rest of the season, don't think for one minute. You okay, Katie? Sorry, there's a bug flying near my face. Don't mind. <laughs> Keep going. Don't think for one minute <laughs> really just... that that Checo's seat <laughs> don't, don't is 100% me. safe because Daniel is still there, and maybe Yuki is too. The Gridiron Podcast, not uh, friends of bugs in Katie's face. No, I... <laughs> Sean, you that's, make a great that's point. The Twitter clip of the week. Because, well, here's the thing. Like, I was using Checo not making it to Q3 as a bold prediction at one point. It's not bold anymore. It's it's more likely than not. And and you can say, oh well, track limits, you know, kept him from putting down a good lap in Austria, and it was rainy here, and he drove off the track here. Those are all excuses at this point because he's just not consistent. And what's what makes it interesting to me more than anything is, you know, the, the Williams thing. First off, you made a good point with Alex Albon, who, by the way. Sean, I'm going to come after you right now. It's damn time that you get off the Logan Sargent bandwagon. Stop rooting you, for the Americans we, so hard. We need to. You, we you can. Homer we can Alex do Alvin that in flowers. the race reactions, Nick. You're going all over the map right now. No, no. I needed to, I needed to bring that out because you brought up the Alex Albon point. And damn it, Sean. You haven't given him his flowers, and I want you to already. But to back I, to the whole Checo point. I'll let you. You can defend yourself. You are. You are way over the map. Just go. Just go. We'll do that in race reactions. <laughs> My God, who taught you how to produce? Speaking of flowers, not me. I think Danny Ricardo needs to be giving some flowers to Alex Albon because his appendix is the reason that we're all here right that now. That is true. Uh, the dominoes, you know how they fall. Um, but the Checo thing, I think it's interesting because it almost increases the pressure on him. As crazy as that sounds, because if you look at Alfatari, like they could, well, whatever they're going to be named post this year because they're going to change branding um 
they could realistically go back with Danny again, but what this really is is an audition. It's it's an audition for Red Bull. Now, now Christian Horner can say, hey, you know, uh, Checo's under contract. That's not even a thing, but that can change. You can, they, you could buy him out if you think that Danny's the better. If Danny drives his ass off for the remainder of the season, you think they're not going to take a hard look at him? Like, if he's even somewhat competitive and he outdrives Yuki, you think they're not going to take a close look and think, hmm, maybe he's the better guy and drive him with Max and pair them up again so they can crash into each other like they did years ago. I, I just think everything's on the table now. It adds to the whole interest of, the, of this entire thing. So, uh, But more importantly than anything, F1, well, maybe not anything, but for marketing purposes, which everyone complains F1 is becoming more about the spectacle and less about the competition, i.e. Uh, Apex GP, APX GP, Brad Pitt showing up on the grid last weekend shooting a movie. Uh, I think that um, having Danny back's great for for you know the media i mean he's he's an infectious personality good looking guy funny great marketing tool for for f1 even for a lower level team i mean they're going to be following him all week they're going to put produce packages that'll be all over youtube danny rick back in the car sebastian vettel brought him his drink whether it was a coffee or whatever as he's in the cockpit in so the paddock sweet. what i'm so worried about that was though so sweet. what i'm worried about though is the last times the last couple of times he switched teams going from rebel to renault that first season with Renault with, was rough. Him trying to get used to that new car. Second season, did better. Then he switches to McLaren. Both seasons were rough, aside from one weekend in Italy. Now he's stepping into a new car again. He's, an he, doesn't have a, he doesn't have a good track record of stepping into new cars and new teams. Yes, that's true. And, and you hope that it's similar to the Red Bull that he's supposedly performing well in, in the simulator and he got his first actual on-track laps this week. Um, but in an alternate reality, he sticks around with McLaren for one more year and he's the guy in Oscar Piastri's seat last weekend at Silverstone. Is he? He's the guy. Maybe? I don't know. I'm just saying. This is my dream. Everybody can have dreams. That's mine. Okay? All right? We good with that? Yeah? All right. So <laughs> we have a reason to look forward to the next race, of course. Uh, we also have a reason to look back at Red Bull and wonder, deep down, is this a sign of things changing or of Red Bull realizing, oh man, you know, we need to reinvest in our junior program because this whole elevation of AlphaTauri to sister team obviously flopped and they don't have a viable answer to replace a guy like Nick DeVries right now. Not, not somebody that they feel confident enough to throw him in the car. And that's very unlike them. And I think that that points back to them saying, hey, we're going back to the junior team. We're going to be a different name, everything else. It's almost like they recognize this and everything just kind of came out of order. Like they said, hey, we're going to go back to being a junior team. We need to develop drivers. But now, just for the meantime, Daniel Ricciardo is going to be in the car because I guess we want a closer look at him too, which as the lower third says here, Helmut Marco, what are you doing, brother? What are you doing, man? You just letting quotes fly? You just ripping your own driver a week before you fire him? Keep some of that stuff close to the vet. I mean, it's great for entertainment, but keep that in-house, man. You're getting a little messy. I don't think he knows how. I don't think he's ever known how. It's that European mindset of having no filter whatsoever. None. Like, and I saw a video from Silverstone where there's people celebrating and he, and then there's a photographer standing there taking photo or video doing their job. And he's like leaning into them and pushing them out of the way. Like he's just there. He just rubs me the wrong way in every single way. I just think he's, Super rude and abrupt and just a bit of a dick. He's he, might be having, just, he might be having some senior moments, though. Oh, there's the term, <laughs> senior moments. To answer your question, senior though, moments. Nick, uh, Red Bull does have still a pretty strong junior driver program. They have Liam Lawson, who a lot of fans, as as happy as they were to see Daniel Ricciardo back on the grid, 
they kind of wanted that seat of the junior team to go to someone that you know needs to be in F1 and needs to get some reps in F1, not someone that has already had an entire career in F1 like Daniel Ricciardo. So Liam Lawson, a lot of people wanted to see him in. And then you have someone like our Estonian, Yuri Vips, who last season got into trouble for saying a racial slur. He had an equal shot at being in that car too. He, you know, didn't say a racial slur. He blew Uh, it. So they still do have a strong, you know, junior program. It's just that right now, I think they just, I don't know. Is it, is this, is this kind of a marketing move or is this them trying to cover their, all their bases in case Checo continues to spiral? Well, and I think Logan makes a good point here in the chat because he said something that I think could come true. Daniel might out-qualify Checo, to be honest. I mean, based on what we've seen from Checo in the last month, you're not wrong. Uh, I In that car, I don't necessarily see that being true. I get, like... I don't think this is going to keep happening for Checo. I just really don't. I It would blow my mind if he did this for three more races in a row. It just... It feels like it can't be sustainable, but then I also felt that way coming into Silverstone. So what do we know? John, anything to add? No? Uh, not in the Alpha Tower. No, I, I don't see that happening. Unless, again, like something happens where Checo's lap time is deleted or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, those those Alpha Towers, they don't they don't qualify well. Uh, have a little bit of race pace sometimes where, you know, Yuki is always hanging around 11, 12. 10 something like that but their last place on the grid for a reason it's just the worst car on the grid right now uh, another point from logan here that i think is also accurate with the whole marketing side over under four and a half danny episodes on drive to survive oh, next no. season <laughs> i getting the over on that one uh oh i had someone text me as soon as the news broke that you know netflix that drive to survive was going to start the season with a shot of daniel ricardo they were going to make the entire thing about him someone who wasn't even on the grid for half the year hey i mean it sells it sells. He will be one of the biggest stories of the season i can't imagine any other silly season moves that are more shocking than this one like in the group text this morning when nick i think it was you the text Alpha to, or Nick DeVries officially out, and I responded, announced Daniel Ricardo already, you cowards. And then they did. Like, I was half joking. I didn't really expect it. I was thinking maybe Liam Lawson. Like, I just, it seemed pretty wild that it was actually Danny Rick. I just, and with him being such a big personality, with it being way earlier than summer break, I just think this will be one of the bigger stories of, of the year. Yeah, it should it, be too. It should be. Well, He's won nine races, that, you know. It's, it's a year that um, hasn't had a ton of excitement, at least at the front of the grid. So, Lando, though, yeah. I beg to differ, Nick. The Me front too. of the grid is getting pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, In fact, if I may, it. for a second, speaking of giving some flowers, I have no flowers, but I do have some champagne. Oh wow! So, Where do you get that? Was that leftover uh, from New Year's? There we go. That's a tiny bottle. Of- oh, he's got small. a glass. The man came equipped with props, folks. Oh, cheers. Lando on the podium in Silverstone. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's a great Tastes transition. like second place. Uh, well, I mean, if <laughs> you ain't first or last, but <laughs> traditions. <laughs> All right, Very Valtteri. Tasty. Sean's going to be taking nude photos in the river next time we talk to him. Hey, nobody need to see that. <laughs> I think Valtteri would notes. support it. 
Oh, he would. He'd tell him to get in the sauna after too. Let's go back and look at these podium predictions uh, and, and see how we did, guys. Shall we? Uh, Katie, do you have these pulled up in front of you? Sure. Okay, Nick. Sure. <laughs> Let me find it. We f- we fly Nick, off the cuff here. You did pretty damn well here. First place. Did. Oh, oh did I, do, I do have to say. You know what? Actually, you I'm, know so what, Katie, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. Everybody sit back. Let me take you back to last week real quick. We did this segment. We do it every episode in which a race is coming up. We try to predict how the, how the race is going to play out. You know, the three most important positions, the podium. Who's going to end up in there? In what place? Last week, well, I'll just let this take care of it for you. My predictions are going to get a little off the wall, even though you can see them, Sean. First off, Max Verstappen oh, wins. Um, I mean, six in a row. I, there's just nobody better on, on the track right now on the grid. Um, best car, best driver. That's what we got. Coming in second, Sean. That chrome livery is going to deliver a mm. podium with more upgrades. You get a track limits penalty. You get a track limits penalty. And McLaren gets back-to-back weeks of upgrades. And instead of P5, which was really P4, kind of actually the opposite, it's P2 for Lando Norris, baby. Let's go. Let's I was so go. hoping you were going to say Oscar Piastri. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not that crazy. Come on. We have to operate I... in the realm of realism here. I love it, actually. Uh, you know, some crazy things are going to have to happen, but I like it, Nick. Thank you. Some crazy things did happen. McLaren have a rocket ship. <laughs> In the words of Lewis Hamilton, he said it himself. That's a rocket ship. Such a quality rocket ship, it could go past the moon toward Mars. At least that's what it felt like when watching McLaren racing last week. And Lando Norris leading laps, getting past Max Bro. What? What world is this? What year that was is it? A phenomenal start from Lando. A phenomenal start. It had it reminded me of when Danny Rick passed Max at the start in Monza two years ago and, and went on to win that race. It was bold, and then you had Oscar Piastri that almost got past Max too. He just darted to the right, cut off the Ferraris, and almost beat Max on the inside at turn. I think it was two. Those McLaren's were punchy they were they they were fast is what they were they were fast and i uh that's why i brought out the champagne tonight because that was that was just fun to see did you see lando's champagne pop on the on the podium and then lewis tried to do it menace to society (laughs) that's what i was hoping you would do with your baby bottle of champagne Well, I wanted to, but uh, this is my girlfriend's uh, desk, and so I would have had to clean everything up, and her laptop's like over there, and I would have gotten yelled at, so we're not going to do that tonight. Here's just like, there we go. Is there anything left in there? Because now I'm a little worried. No, it's all in the glass. It was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a mini bottle of, of champagne. It's like the ones they pass out at New Year's at a, at a bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody gets their own yes. little bottle. Yeah. And it was gold, yeah. so I liked that one. Yeah. All right, so, so let's actually get into these... Uh, Podium prediction recaps here, Katie. Why don't you read these out? I'm so, so impressed, Nick. First place, Max Verstappen. Second place, Lando Norris. Third place, Fernando Alonso. Fernando wasn't necessarily his best race, but your bold prediction, George Russell damages his wing and doesn't finish the race. Thankfully, that didn't happen because I like George. Did Yeah, it did not happen. (laughs) I had like... 10 people reach out about me rolling my eyes when you said Max Verstappen with people thinking that I was rolling my eyes at you, Nick. 
it. Yes, that's what I wanted. You bitch. That's what I wanted. I want you guys to think that she hates me and that she's tired of my shtick. Oh, unfortunately, I do really like Nick as a friend. Um. Okay. And then my comment about Oscar I- that made me look real bad too because Oscar like easily not easily he was pretty close to that podium. I was just so excited about and- McLaren that whole weekend. If it wasn't for that damn safety car. Thanks a lot, Lance. Finally, Lewis benefited from a safety car in this economy. He he deserved it. If anybody needs to regain, he, he, de- he deserved that one. Yeah, <laughs> I will very. Um, I, Logan has a Lewis. Logan has a comment to you, chiming in real quick because I think this is a good point. Is it bad that the start of the race was legit the best moment of the season for me so far? No. no, no, but at the same time, I mean, that should give you some excitement towards the rest of the season. We're still not even halfway through the year, and, you know, we have cars now catching up to Red Bull a little bit. Don't think they will, but you have to think, you know, the odds are not with Red Bull to win every single race this season. Like, someone's going to have to win at some point other than Red Bull. Maybe it's McLaren. Oh, actually, here's a good that, that ties into this next comment here from uh, Big B, our, our good friend here. My prediction, nobody with a win this season wins the next race. <laughs> well, that's the opposite, oh, really. Hmm. Sean says maybe that actually, I mean, Red Bulls won like every oh, race. So every race. <laughs> I mean, the only two people that have won races this year are Sergio yeah. Perez and Max Verstappen. So, so, hey, we've seen craziness in Hungary before. We Monaco have without the I'm walls, excited. taking the field, maybe not the worst idea, especially if it rains. Then we get chaos and carnage at turn one. You know, that 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 could be fun as well. So, all right, uh, Katie, Sean, your predictions. Uh, go ahead. So, Katie. Sean, your predictions were first place, Max Verstappen. Good job. Brackets, copy, yeah. paste, repeat. Yeah. Uh, P2, Checo Perez, and third, Fernando Alonso. So, Way off. That's you nice. know, I think, yeah, way off, way off. My bold prediction, too, was that Logan Sargent finishes in the points. I was wrong about that. And, Nick, I know this is what you were saying earlier about give Alex Albon his flowers. I never said he wasn't going to finish in the points. I think if you go back in last week's podcast, I said, oh, we might actually have two Williams in the points because I know Alex is going to be up there. I, I assumed he would be up there. I already gave him his flowers. I didn't think I needed to give them to him uh but logan finished p11 he was one place off the points and he was in the middle of aston martins and ferraris with a williams so you also have to kind of give him maybe not a full bouquet but a flower or two because he has definitely improved over the last few weeks i think he's had his two best races to date well i think that um he he's probably deserving of a rose from the bachelorette or whatever but at the same time um horse you know it almost only counts in horses and hand grenades okay so like you know p11 gets the same points as p19 you know none zero nada so uh it is interesting though that you're almost taking a points finish from a williams for granted at this point i think that shows how far they've come in, in a short relatively short amount i of agree time. yeah it's a great it's a it's a brand new world. It's a great, bright future with Williams being semi-competitive. Like every time I see Albon into Q3, every time I see Albon in the top 10 in a race, I'm just, I'm happy. My, my heart is warm. Like this is a team that not only was in the back of the grid for years, weren't even close to the next driver in front of them. That's how bad they were. They've taken significant strides. I love to see it. I just I feel like want more love for the guy who's doing the best of the two. And I feel like, there are 20 drivers on this grid. You could find a reason to dislike 19 of them. But for some reason, not Alex Albon. 
<laughs> like, does anyone actually root against him? I don't think so. Like I said, you can think of reasons to root against Max. You can think of reasons even to root against Sergio because you might hate Red Bull. Lando, Oscar, because he displaced Danny Rick. You could think of a million different reasons to hate 19 of these drivers on the grid, but not Alex Albon. <laughs> like, you just want to root for the guy. Yeah, it's I true. totally it's agree. True. Another helmet Marco being messy moment was, I think he accidentally revealed that Albon's contract is till the end of 2025, and Williams hadn't released that information. They just said multi-year contract. Like I said, senior moment, man. <laughs> at this point i really think it is he's reached that age where he's like ah f it he's he's at the uh, quarter zip with no shirt (laughs) he's at the age where you wear the quarter zip and you don't wear the shirt underneath it's just skin and a quarter zip and then you know if it's cold out it's really obvious to tell like that type of thing he's at that age he just doesn't even care i'm surprised he comes dressed for work not because he's old but just because well yeah because he's old that's why yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So my podium predictions, I had Lewis, obviously didn't happen. Checo and then Charles way off. Um, my bold prediction was Max's first DNF of the season. I knew that was very unrealistic, but in brackets, I Wouldn't had this nice. is me manifesting. Let me live. So I tried. I did what I could to put it out into the universe. Didn't work. Yeah. Lewis was on the podium. It. But yeah. It was a fun podium. That was a fun it podium. Was. It was. It was a fun episode of Max Verstappen's podcast <laughs> in the uh, cool down room. I love those memes. Those he was best. asked too. He was asked too at the uh, press conference after. You know, is it getting? Um, is it getting confusing to? Or I don't know how it was phrased. You know, is it weird to see all the carnage behind him? You know, knowing that he's not a part of it. And his answer was, "It's a bit confusing actually, because I never know what's going on or who's going to be there with me at the end." And that's kind of fun. Like, yeah, we know who's going to win the race. But at the same time, the rest of the podium is anyone's guess. The rest of the top 10 at this point is anyone's guess. I love that. That being said. Go on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I love that we knew that he was watching the TV screens while he was racing because he goes, Ferrari just pitted. Should we change our strategy? And they're like, hell no. (laughs) Don't you worry about what Ferrari is. No, dude. (laughs) Speaking of, Ferrari sat on their face again you know they they, they just they yeah. just they yeah. oh my again again they've gone back to their old ways yeah i i this is a moment of silence for ferrari and ferrari fans i'm sorry like it's gotten to the point where like charles and carlos are eventually gonna be like i don't even want to be on this team anymore like the prestige of ferrari is very quickly melting away because they just cannot get out of their own way and the thing is is they still have a semi-competitive car it's just that all the all these things it's like in football you got to stay healthy and you got to win a few games and you, a couple things got to go your way in order to make the super bowl right you gotta have a good team but like in f1 you got your engineer's got to be on point and your strategy has to be on point your driver's got to be good and your car's got to be good and all those things are good in different moments but they're never good together with them and it's just like Absolutely. at this point you just don't even take them seriously when you see them on the podium or you see them battling for like maybe threatening for a win you're like oh, oh look at that if they remember that they're kind of good Oh, good a for that. Williams finished ahead of both Ferraris this week. That's all you need to know about their race. Yep. If it's not, you play the... if it's not reliability, <sighs> it's strategy. If it's not strategy, it's something the driver did. And even if one of them is doing okay, it's it seems like it's never going to be both of them. It just feels like as a team, they're just still so far behind when these other constructors 
are really making big, big leaps. Yeah, this is this is where we play the curb music or like the uh, Price is Right <laughs> fail sound right here. Just brum, 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 like it's just <laughs> terrible. All right. Uh, is that everything that we got from the grid this week, folks? Uh, are we doing hungry at all? We'll do that. Yeah, let's week. look ahead to it. I don't have a. Uh, I was gonna uh, say, yeah. Well, are we doing yeah. next week? Well, we got time. Yeah, we got time. Yeah, it's not week. a race there's, week, there's so no race this weekend. So yeah, well, look Good. ahead next week. That's a reason for you to come back. Yeah, Hang out. I do have one question here. though. I have one final question. With all the craziness that's going on behind Max at this point, which of it is here to stay? That's what I want to know because at different times this year we have said. The Aston Martin is for sure the team to beat behind Red Bull. Then it was, oh, Ferrari is definitely the team to beat behind Red Bull. Oh, wait, no, no, now it's Mercedes. And now out of nowhere, the team that started in last place for the first couple of weeks of the season, McLaren, now look head and shoulders above everyone else behind Red Bull. Um, Sean, I'm going to give you the answer you want to hear based on your attire, and that's McLaren. And the reason is, is that car is damn good. Like, it's so good. You've got other drivers saying, wow, that thing is fast. Even Max is like, that that car is pretty competitive. Like, he's, no car has matched up with Red Bull this year. That's the first time another car really went toe to toe with them and gave them a run for their money. Even at the finish, what was it, three second difference at the end between first and second or something like that? Like, that's legitimate. That's not that far off. That is, the, the window to win races is open for them. So I think that's what's here to stay. It's disappointing to see Aston kind of take a step back. It's been a few races now since that's been the case. And and Mercedes, it seems like, especially with Lewis, it's week by week. Like, they haven't gotten their setups right or something. Like, Lewis, we know the car is bad. Please drive it, you know, in, in Austria. A, a, a fast-paced track where guys are flying off the track because of, you know, cr- breaking limits because of how fast it is. Suddenly the Mercedes can't steer. Like he's just like, I can't steer and these tires are wearing and my brakes aren't good enough and everything else. They're just not consistent enough. So I think if we pick out of those three teams right there, it's McLaren. I, I think it's definitely McLaren. And maybe, you know, summer break comes, maybe Aston shows up with some developments that, you know, some improvements. But again, Aston is still the uh the the, the son of tracing point. Like they copy Red Bull's car as best they can, and they did, and it was competitive for a while, but they're gonna have to get their photographers out because they're behind again. So yeah, I think McLaren's the pick. The thing that's I love to hear love to hear that's exciting to me is that teams aren't done bringing their upgrades for the rest of the season. And there are a lot of teams that are very track dependent. So every week you don't necessarily know outside of Max and Red Bull. But that's what I said last week, because I've almost had to watch this season with the asterisk in my mind of, okay, Max will do his thing in the front and then pretend that that's just the F1 season behind Max. And it is pretty interesting because, yeah, like we talked about Williams, how they're super good where there's a ton of straight line speed. But then in a place like Monaco, they might not be as good. Like that's what I find really interesting is that A, some teams might continue to bring more upgrades and then jump out front like that. Like I didn't expect that leap with McLaren. I didn't expect that leap with Aston Martin at the beginning of the season. I think it is cool that there are still more upgrades to come and we don't know what they're going to look like, especially on different tracks that are really suited to that team. And here's the other thing too. Oscar Piastri didn't have all the upgrades that Lando had. Yeah. He was right there with him. I, I, watching that race, and you're right, Nick, I noted at the end, even though it was like kind of like a 13-lap shootout to the end there after the safety car, Lando wasn't too far behind Max, and that's what kind of makes me think, ooh, you're right. This isn't just because McLaren's at Silverstone and they're normally good there. This car can now fly, so... I'm cautiously optimistic for the rest of the season. Go get them. There were two battles at the end of that race that I was watching closely. One was Piastri and Lewis 
um uh, it, just like ho- first off watching lando make sure you could hold off lewis and then hoping like catch up oscar catch up let's make this another interesting couple of laps another yeah. couple of laps and he would have yeah and then the other one was um albon and alonzo because there was like three laps where albon was like three tenths back and i'm like come on get to a straight <laughs> line your car's better there it's terrible everywhere else <laughs> but it didn't happen but it's i mean the midfield is fun like it, it, we can accept that red bull's gonna win it all and that's fine but there's still reason to watch Thank yeah. you, McLaren, for giving us a reason to watch. All right, uh, let's transition here, folks. Let's shift gears, as we're known to say. And before we do, a reminder, if you're enjoying what you're watching or hearing, well, no, you're watching right now. You'll hear this later on Spotify and whatever Amazon podcast is and Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure you stop and give us a review. Five stars if you love us. Any less, I guess that's fine too. Uh, it helps us promote the show and continue to grow and tell your friends to come hang out with us where you can get involved, participate in the show. Now it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the week. Folks, I, I, I get excited for this every time we, we do. We have a good show. one. We have a good one this week. Yeah, well, it, it's time. It is time for America's favorite game show in which two hosts gang up on the third put them in a position of discomfort and test their knowledge all at once remotely from across different parts of North America. This contest is known as... Do you even know? Today, in the crosshairs, Miss Katie Caldwell in Canada, where she's going to have to give us some answers about an American sport that everybody loves down here, and I don't know if they really follow it very much up in Canada because I'm not that worldly katie how much do you know about college football first off when i saw that pop up as a lower third it took my breath away in a bad way because this is something that i probably should know about and i there's not a lot of college ball fans that i know up in canada a lot of nfl fans but like i don't watch a lot of college ball i'll watch some of the big bowl games and then i'll just watch specific tape on specific players around the draft so uh, prepare to for an zero and three. <laughs> this is this is gonna be good. Ugh. Well, we're 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 gonna start off, okay? We're gonna start off with 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 the easy one, okay? Uh, <laughs> let's get your feet wet here, okay? So, Katie. Well, first of all, you know what the Heisman Trophy is, right? Yes. No. Well, I'm... I don't know. You say you don't watch a lot of college ball, okay? I'm so, Demon now. <laughs> Which school boasts the most Heisman Trophy winners of all time? Ohio State? Technically, no. (laughs) This is not fair, Sean. (laughs) Technically, no. So, the correct answer is USC. They just had Caleb Williams win it last year. That was number eight, breaking the three-way tie with Michigan and Ohio State. However, Reggie Bush did give back voluntarily his Heisman, but he also appealed and is trying to get it back. So they have won eight Heisman trophies. Right now, they currently have seven, along with Ohio State. So we'll give you half credit on that one. I'll take it. You were close. (laughs) We'll give you half credit. I think she deserves half credit, Nick. 
Yeah, and Sean, I think that explanation kind of just rendered my question moot. So um, we're going to go <laughs> from semi-easy to extremely difficult. Katie, I'm sorry to do Perfect. this to you. Love that for me. <sighs> All right, Katie. Do you even know, in 2006, Ohio State and Michigan faced off in a one versus two battle for the ages. A trip to the national title game was on the line. All eyes were set on Columbus, Ohio and the horseshoe. <sighs> I remember that day. A 14-year-old me was outside the stadium because I couldn't get a ticket, but I tailgated with my dad. (laughs) Uh, Which receiver in this game caught a touchdown pass in that game, then went on to play for the Indianapolis Colts in the NFL? There's a clue. Reggie Bush. And later served as a a member of the U.S. House of Representatives. (laughs) I was thinking Reggie Wayne. (laughs) I'm all over the place. Um... U.S. House Reggie Wayne went to Miami. Yeah, I don't know this stuff. Um, Indianapolis Colts and the United. I have no idea. I have a, I have a guess. Can I guess? Yeah. Is it Dallas Clark? <laughs> Sean's going for white guys who caught passes for the Colts. You're wrong, Sean. Dallas yeah. Clark didn't go to Ohio State. But uh, I thought he did actually. That's actually not the worst guess. Uh, the answer is Anthony Gonzalez caught a touchdown pass, one of many receivers to catch a touchdown pass in that game. Brian Robisky being another one. Went on to play for the Colts, uh, had a cup of coffee with the Patriots, i.e., practice squad preseason form, you know, that type of thing before retiring, and served in the U.S. House of Representatives um, from some district in Ohio for four years. So there you go. The more you know. That was a tough one. All right, we kind of blew past the easy category, so I will give you a bonus one here, Katie, <laughs> for the easy category. <laughs> no, College football is more than 150 years old, but do you even know which two schools played in the first ever college football game? Ooh. This is so embarrassing because it's football. <laughs> you guys Just are really doing back me dirty to, with you know, this. 18... Think back to like the 1870s. Katie, I'll, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you some a, context. I was under um, 10 years old during that decade. I was just an infant back in Katie, those days. Katie, think about um, the prevalence of colleges in the United States in the late 1800s. And um, oh, perfect. like, what are some of the oldest schools? What, what are some of the oldest schools in America? What are some of the in oldest schools in Canada, Nick? Do you know this? <laughs> No, I don't. Exactly. I couldn't name a single school, but let's do <laughs> Ivy League, Katie. Go Ivy League. Catherine's, Harvard, and Yale. You're on the right track. <laughs> I want to take one more guess. You're on the right track. There is one Ivy League school and one non-Ivy League school. <laughs> one would one would not confuse this school with the Ivies at all. Logan's no Logan. Is, yeah, no Logan. I'm sorry. You're a homer. Yeah, Quinnipiac grad. Hey, heck of a hockey team there, Doy. Uh, <laughs> it was Rutgers and Princeton. Okay. In the first ever college football game. I learned something today. All right, my last friends. one. We're still going? Oh, dear. Last man. one. Yes, last one. That, that was, was your bonus. bonus. That was yeah, that really so bonus. La- last one. Here you go. Last one. And if you've been paying attention over the last year that you've been podcasting with us, Katie, this should be a breeze. Every year. Akron and our alma mater of Kent State play in a rivalry game. The winner of that game gets a trophy shaped like what? 
I remember Nick. What is the trophy shaped like? <sighs> ah, see, yes. I remember ba, Nick. Ba, 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 it was the cold ba, open ba, on ba, the ba, podcast, ba. wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh God! What is it's the also the name of like? a very popular country no. song. <laughs> um. Want to take a random guess? Guys, I'm sinking here. I feel like I'm in a pool and my arms are broken. Guess. Throw, throw out a guess. <laughs> Anything. It's it's a random the shaped object that. <laughs> Kumi says, Kumi says a beer can? <laughs> That'd be so great. Beautiful. That would be great. <laughs> Katie, the legend states that a certain vehicle got stuck in the mud somewhere near Bukdo College, later known as the University of Akron, and said component of vehicle was used as the trophy. Guys, <laughs> How do I quit the podcast? Rock me, mama, like a wagon, <laughs> a wagon wheel. wheel. Rock me, mama, any way you feel. See, Club Fantasy hey, FFL do it. Hey, mama, rock, rock, rock me. me. <laughs> it is the Big wagon beans. wheel <laughs> challenge. Oh, sweet, guys. I love this game. 0 for game. 4. 0 for 4. Katie oh, earns her fail. 0.5 for 4. In baseball, that's... I don't even know. <laughs> Delegitimizing all of my knowledge of sports in one Hello, segment. Hello, the Mendoza line. Kumi says, let her quiz you on obscure yeah, Canadian sports now you. because that was messed up. <laughs> did, thank we, you we, for we the did support. That last, uh, we did that, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Kumi, we I got put to the test yeah. with tennis. We gave yes. Sean Pennsylvania geography questions. That was unfair. I, I do terrible. agree with that one. Tennis people Gross. know. I thought that you'd do okay with tennis. And it's Wimbledon week. College well, football people, no. In America, I'm not, not worldwide. That is just, you're, um, you're, the hat, oh, you're the hat of America. Come on. <laughs> you're the top hat to America. Oh, this is making us look terrible. Yeah, uh, Big B has a question for Katie. What's better, Tim Hortons or Starbucks? That's a great question, Big B. Thank you. I prefer Tim Hortons, but I do also enjoy Starbucks. I don't like Dunkin' Donuts. I'm sorry if that upsets anyone. Oh, yeah. Uh, that might upset Logan, maybe. We don't, we don't have a ton of East Coasters here. Logan, if it's true, I deeply Duncan. apologize, but yeah, Starbucks is fine. No, stand, stand your ground. Stand your ground. No, I'm, She's yeah, really sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. All right. Tell me about it. Let's move over to the All NFL. Right. Yeah. That was let's, another let's... rousing edition of... Fire me into the Do sun. now? now? <laughs> Fire me into the sun. <laughs> Oh. All right, let's All right. speed through the NFC West. We can definitely speed through two has... of these teams because. Well, let's start with them right now. It's training camp preview time, NFC West. Here we go. Last season's most disappointing team among a handful of them, the 2021 champions, Super Bowl 56. Uh, nowhere near it the next year. That's your Los Angeles Rams who wrote a letter to their fan base saying, Sorry when we don't do anything this offseason. We had to trade Jalen Ramsey to get financially solvent, and we might suck. Buckle up, folks. John, start Buckle off. up. You want to start with the Rams? Let us start with the Rams. Uh, starting with the Rams, Sunday, September 10th. They are on the road 
at Seattle, then back at home against San Francisco, where most of the stadium so far will be clad in red naturally. Then on the road at Cincinnati and Indy, back home against the Eagles and those other birds. No, not the Ravens, the Cardinals. Then at home against the Steelers, on the road against the Cowboys and Packers, bye week in week 10. Back at home against Seattle, on the road against Arizona. Uh, back at home against Cleveland, on the road to Baltimore. Home against the Commanders and Saints, on the road at the Giants in Week 17. And then wrapping things up in Week 18, also on the road against the Niners. I'm not expecting big things from these Rams this season yet again. Like you said, Nick, when you have to send out a letter and say, we're sorry, it's not going to be a good season. Uh, I've got sorry. them. We're sorry. Over under six and a half. Mm, Discuss. Fire away. I'm going the under with this one, boys. I have them at five and 12. Yeah. I am guilty of this forgetting. Is so hard. It, it is. I'm, I'm guilty of forgetting how massively injured they were last season, but I still just don't think it's going to be great. If Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald are all healthy at the same time, I think they can maybe steal a few games, mostly on offense. Like, for example, they play the Cardinals twice. Maybe they can win two games right there. Mm. <laughs> but they have a bad secondary, bad pass rush. Outside of Aaron Donald, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. No depth whatsoever. The Rams just don't really excite me. But at the same time, we knew this was coming. They pushed all their chips into the middle for the Super Bowl. and. They're sorry to their fans. They got it. Hey, they yeah, got it. Exactly. So I don't think when they When you sell your soul, don't be mad when the devil comes to collect. Exactly. But it's collecting. Why is I think, Sean Barry? I think it's collecting sooner than they anticipated. I don't know if everybody knew they'd be that bad last year. <sighs> yeah, I, I have to agree. I don't even have a lot to say about this. I had one moment last year when I realized um, we put way too much stock in the Rams because they won a Super Bowl, which is crazy to say without context um week one they played the bills and you know they were the darling pick to win the west and return to the playoffs and they still got all these players and maybe odell even comes back when he gets healthy and yada 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 and in the middle of that game i'm looking at it i'm watching them play and i'm thinking it's just not here like yeah they got names but behind the names are is nothing like they the need death is not back. there the, the full 11 was tons of holes on both sides of the ball. And we saw that in the way their offensive line broke down so quickly. You lose Andrew Whitworth, Joe Noteboom goes down, you know, to retirement. Joe Noteboom goes down with an injury. They're just piecemealing offensive lines together week by week. Of course, Matthew Stafford got hurt. That was inevitable considering what their offensive line was. It was just a disaster. And frankly, they haven't done enough this season because like you guys said, devil came to collect and they pretty much stayed static and got rid of Jalen Ramsey, which was the smart, move and for a number of reasons that i won't delve into i would have to go with the under as well um i look at this schedule and katie you make a good point about playing arizona twice because i'm looking at this one going well you know, like, they'll win that game they'll probably win that game but then again division games get weird and if they're yeah. i mean they won five games last year and they needed baker mayfield to come in and lead them to one of them at the end of the season literally off the street off the plane probably a g5 maybe a g6 landed here's the playbook we play in 12 hours good luck i mean they were bad. They were injured. They're not going to be as injured this year, but I think a repeat performance is probably in the cards, and you know it's probably for the best. I just keep thinking, man, what if they didn't win that Super Bowl? Oh, buddy. Yikes. Would have been an ugly, ugly sight. Ugly sight. So, yeah, under. Under for sure. What about you, Sean? Uh, I'm also taking the under. I just look at their schedule, and I can't 
say for certain, yeah, here's six wins, or yeah, here's seven wins. Um, yeah, they play Arizona twice, but like you said, division games get weird, so they split that. Green Bay, we also thought won't be too bad, but you know their schedule isn't that easy either. I mean, for a team that was so bad last year, they've got the Eagles, they've got the Steelers, they've got the Cowboys, uh, they've got two games against Seattle and the Niners, obviously. It's just, it's not a schedule that lends to an easy seven wins. So for that, I'm definitely going under. If I had to pick five wins, I would say Arizona twice, Indy, um, maybe Washington, maybe Green Bay, and Cleveland, because the Browns never play well in L.A. All right, let's move on to the next team. That was a quick one. Too, Good job, too busy. Too busy, Nick. Nick. Uh, too busy going to the beach in Venice. Uh, I'm also stalling yeah, because the, the Cardinals, beach. The Cardinals Ooh, schedule grimy. wasn't loading. Let's do go the to, Cardinals then, because I'm assuming these are the two teams that Katie thought we could speed yeah. by. First off, uh, go, to, right. go to Marina Del Rey. Don't go to Venice. Venice is gross. All right. Thank you. Thank you. The Cardinals, Sean. All right, the Cardinals schedule starting off week one on the road at the Commanders, followed by a home game against the Giants, home against Dallas, on the road against the Niners, L, at home against Cincinnati, L, then on the road against the Rams and Seahawks, uh, back at home against Baltimore, on the road against Cleveland, back at home against Atlanta, on the road against the Texans, uh, back home against the Rams, on the road against the Steelers before heading into their bye week, week 14, then back at home against the Niners, wrapping up the season, on the road at Chicago, on the road at Philly, and then back home against the Seahawks. Um, as bad as the Rams were last year and as bad as I think they'll be this year, oof, the Cardinals look even worse. Uh, I'm going for over under five and a half. Katie. Way under. <laughs> I have three and fourteen. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think we're looking at the number one overall seed right here. Or not number one overall uh, pick in the draft right yeah. here. Vastly different there. The vibes with that team, as the youths would say, are just truly horrendous. And it's not just the players on the field, which is horrendous. There was the homework clause that came out, the jerseys are really bad. It just feels like oh yeah like <laughs> oh yeah I forgot about that everything They're about really the cards is so bad right now. <laughs> I just as think- the kids would say, there is no Rizzy with the Cardinals. I don't think I used that phrase right. You're doing amazing, Sean. I'm trying. <laughs> I love that for you. I love that for you. I think this is a season though where they're just thinking about next year's draft. I don't have a lot to say about the Cardinals because well, just- I try not to think about them. Well. Cliff Kingsbury just took a job at USC, correct? Yeah. They're thinking about USC. That's all they're doing. They are thinking about Caleb Williams in their colors and moving on from Kyler Murray because I think that bridge – I don't know why they signed him after all that bad blood. I I really don't know why they signed him to all that money uh, because at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to trade him. I don't think anyone's going to want to take on that contract, but they're going to have to cut him. So – yeah, I think we're looking at the worst team in the league right here. So I'm definitely going under. I also have him with three wins, Katie. Nick, I'm assuming you would agree. Well, Sean, they don't have a quarterback because Kyler's hurt and he's going to be hurt for most of the season. And we can spend the entire three months updating Kyler and Gannon, Jonathan Gannon, the new head coach, Cleveland St. Ignatius graduate, by the way, uh, as you know, we could spend all that time listening to him say, hey, Kyler's working his tail off. I mean, we've already done it a lot. We're gonna tail off. He's 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 dedicated. He's rehabbing, but you can only rehab so fast. And 
you know, as much as I love Colt McCoy and I, I admire how he's stepped in in moments of need and, and been semi-serviceable, that's the ceiling is lowered when you don't have the best player on your team. And it's funny because you're right, Sean, you know, it's be- it's it's a beautiful tragedy in the NFL when a new front office and new head coaching, you know, head coach and coaching staff come into power because suddenly all those guys that you thought this team was tied to, they're no longer tied to. Look at Tennessee. They drafted Will Levis a year after drafting Malik Willis because Malik was so bad. And the new GM in town said, I didn't draft him. He's not my guy. I think the same thing could happen in Arizona with Monty Austinfort and Jonathan Gannon. You know, they didn't draft two quarterbacks in the first round in back-to-back years because the second one was preferred and they liked him more and he was better, like Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime did. They didn't draft any of these guys except for the new ones that they selected in April. So they're not tied to him at all. And if you end up with the number one overall pick, Caleb Williams, provided he doesn't get hurt or something, somebody doesn't pass him, is probably the guy. And uh, and you're moving on. But it makes for a really interesting year because Kyler's not going to play for most of it. And if he does come back, what's he doing? Playing for his job? A job that he just got signed and, and, and paid a ton of money for and told to you know, stop playing so many video games for. I mean, it's a crazy dynamic that I think is doomed. It's set up to fail. It's just going to be a yeah. bad situation. I think they're going to be terrible. Hard under, hard under. Clearly, the Cardinals write sins, not tragedies, Nick. From Club Fantasy FFL, meanwhile, Gannon isn't the answer at head coach, signed an Eagles fan. <laughs> Countersigned the Gridiron Podcast. <laughs> PPS. I mean, how long is the guy going to last? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, moving on, let's let's go to uh, the Seahawks next. Uh, Katie, I'm going to lean heavy on you here for this okay. one. Uh, starting off with their schedule, week one, they're at home against the Rams, then on the road against the Lions, uh, back at home against Carolina, and on the road against the Giants. Early bye week for the Seahawks, week five. Yikes, the rest of the season is going to be a marathon. I know, I always hate an early bye week. I hate it. Um, unless you are truly that banged up. But by week five, you hope you're not. Week six, they're on the road against the Bengals, back at home against Arizona and Cleveland, then on the road against the Ravens, back at home against Washington, on the road against the Rams, back at home against San Francisco, on the road against the Cowboys and Niners. So they're seeing the Niners twice in three weeks. <laughs> look at the, All right, look, li- listen to this gauntlet. Week 12. San Francisco, week 13, Dallas, week 14, San Francisco, week 15, Philadelphia <laughs> at home. Yikes. Huge yikes. And then finishing off the season the final month, you've got a week 16 matchup on the road against the Titans, back at home against the Steelers, and then on the road against the Cardinals, who might already have the number one overall pick at that point. So hard yikes there, though, for that uh, that late season stint. Uh, I have them, though, still over under. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Eight and a half. Well, I'm so much higher on the Seahawks than you this year. (laughs) I'm way over. You're way over. I think there's a world in which they could go 12 and five. I don't think it's crazy. They're playing the Lions. They're playing the Bengals. They're playing Cleveland and Baltimore and Pittsburgh and Dallas and Philly. And you have them at 12 wins? I know. I know. As soon as you read out that stretch, I'm like, what have I done? (laughs) Mm. Man, I'm just excited about the Seahawks this season. Everyone knows about me that I'm a huge fan of Geno Smith. That hasn't changed. But I just... Love the holes that they had last year. They really did work on. Like they have a one-two punch at running back, which I really like. Last year, their run defense was awful. 
so, so, so bad. It looks a lot better. Their receiving room makes me feel feelings that I haven't felt in a long time. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are incredible. Everybody knows that, but they're outside guys. I could not picture a better fit than JSN, who's been a career slot guy. They had an awful time throwing to Mm. slot receivers last year. I just think it's yet another season where last year they had no expectations and they came in and they blew everybody out of the water. And now Geno's had another year with this offense. Pete Carroll's had another year without Russell Wilson. They picked up some really, really big pieces. I love that they added at corner. I just love what this team looks like. And the NFC is No Dave so- Canales, though. He's down here in Tampa Bay. Yeah. You don't have your quarterback whisperer anymore. It's a great point, Sean. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to clip myself rolling my eyes at you that time. <laughs> yeah. The NFC is just so wide open that even if they don't win the division, I would not be shocked whatsoever for them to securely grab a wild card spot. All right, Katie has them at 12 and 5. Nick? <laughs> Don't clip this in um, case it comes back to bite me. Well, yes. we're clipping this. We're, we're cold takes at cold takes exposed. Cold Take takes. a note here. <laughs> we're going to clip this now. Um, I'm not going to be as aggressive as Katie because I, I am conflicted. I like the way the schedule sets up. I think you can go 3 and 1 in your first four, mm, 4 and 2 in your first six maybe five and two. I mean, even, you know, club fantasy FFL, you know, he, he thinks that, uh, you know, they could conceivably start six and one, but how they play on the road will be a big factor for them. And, and I, I kind and they typically struggle in LA also. I actually accidentally clicked that, but we'll leave that up there anyway. Um, I think that you look at this schedule, you know, we play the schedule game. We do the preview and I'm not a big fan of playing the schedule game necessarily just because you can be so off the mark because last year is last year and this year is a new one. Um, but uh, a lot of these teams that I'm seeing on this schedule, I expect to be bad. The Rams, um, the Cardinals, I don't know about Washington because they haven't figured out quarterback. Tennessee way down late in the year. Um, I even think Carolina is going to struggle a little bit early in the season. And I think the Giants are going to prove to be frauds more than anything, personally. Um, so, and, and again, they get the Browns in Seattle. So I don't trust the Browns when they hit the road. And that's probably because, you know, me watching the Browns my whole life, you know, there's a little bit of um, hurt there that's coming out or whatever. But, I see a lot of winnable games. It helps that you play in a division that has two terrible teams. And yes, the Rams, as we just discussed, are a terrible team and are going to be so until they prove otherwise. So you got four wins in the book right there. Three and one at, in, at the, in the worst possible scenario. But I also think about this team. And, and, and at this point last year, I was like, you know, I went on a Seattle radio station last year. or Maybe it was Vancouver. It was probably Vancouver. Over and, under, Nick, I didn't ask for the great American novel. No, listen, I'm Sean. I said shot. they could win five to <laughs> They could win like five or six games. They're going to be a seller dweller. And they won nine. They made the playoffs. But like, are they better than nine this year? That's my biggest problem. I'm still hitting the over because nine is their benchmark. That's that's where I expect them to be. But I don't know about 12, maybe 10 or 11. That's that's probably the move. All right, Nick's taking the over. Nick, I agree with you. I have them right at nine wins. So I'm also taking the over. I've got them starting three and one. Then wins against Arizona, Cleveland, Washington, the Rams again. Uh, then they're going to go on a bit of a slide because that is a very, very tough month versus San Francisco twice, the Cowboys in Philadelphia. Uh, but then I've got them winning two of three down the stretch. Uh, possibly then, I mean, Pittsburgh on the road, week 17. You kind of figure both of those teams are going to be fighting for at least a wild card spot at that point in the season. So that might be a pretty good game. That could be bumped to Sunday night or Monday night or Saturday night at that point. That might be fun. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've got them at nine, possibly ten. So I'll also take the over. Interesting does transition that make you, here. Does, 
Does that make you happy, Katie? Yes, it does. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks for asking. There we go. We have a. We weren't saying they're bad. <laughs> I know. We're just saying twelve. Yikes! Twelve's a lot. Oof. Twelve is a lot. Hey, uh, shoot or shoot, man. That's gonna be top. Hey, let it fly. Let it rip. You know, whatever. If you watch the bear, you get that. Uh, Club Fantasy FFL uh, makes a good point here. If San Francisco can't figure out quarterbacks, Seattle could take the division easily. Um, that's actually a great segue. That's a, a great point because we are moving on to San Francisco next. I don't know what the early part of their season is going to look like because you got to figure for at least a couple of weeks, they're going to have Sam Darnold back there. I'm sure Christian McCaffrey is just so happy to see his old quarterback in San Francisco. Uh, Starting off, though, they are on the road against Pittsburgh and the Rams first two weeks of the season. Then they're back at home against the Giants and Cardinals uh, and the Cowboys. Then on the road against Cleveland and Minnesota. Back home against the Bengals. That'll be a fun game, assuming maybe Brock Purdy is back then? Or Trey Lance, question mark? Again, it's what Club Fantasy FFL said. We don't know who's going to be quarterback at this point early in the season. Week 9 is their bye week. Week 10, they're on the road at Jacksonville. Then back at home against Tampa Bay. On the road against Seattle and Philly. Back at home against Seattle. On the road against Arizona. Back at home against Baltimore. On the road against Washington. Then back at home against the LAR. This defense, however, is so good. Probably the best in the league pound for pound. We've seen Sam Darnold succeed when his defense can carry him, i.e. late last season in Carolina when they had a shot to win the NFC South. I will cautiously put them at over under 11 and a half. And that's not an indictment on their quarterback play, but just how good this defense is and how good and how well constructed and coached this team is. Change my mind. You want me to start? So I'm, I have the, the under, but I have 11 and six. Okay. I so no question they have superstars all over the place, offense and defense. If Brock Purdy was healthy and had a normal offseason, I would have them winning the division, no question. Like Club Fantasy FFL said, the QB situation worries me. I hear what you're saying, Sean. They do have an amazing defense. I wonder if maybe there could be a bit of regression on defense. They lost some guys in free agency. I think Steve Wilkes will do really well replacing D'Amico Ryans. I think it could also be hard to match what he's able to do with that group. He's such a creative guy. I just don't know for certain that they're going to be exactly what they were. Like they are in their window. They're a really, really good team. But sometimes you can regress a little bit and that's okay, especially in the NFC. And you don't need great quarterback play when you have Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell back there. Totally. I mean, this is a really, really good team. And Kyle Shanahan. Like he's shown if there is a system where you don't necessarily need to lean on the quarterback like a lot of other systems do, it's him. Now, that being said, you do need a quarterback on the field, as we saw in the NFC title game. Club Fantasy FFL chiming in. Their talent, even with mediocre quarterback play, should be good for nine wins. The line was 11 and a half. Sir, <laughs> Nick, what do you say? Sean, you're putting me in a tough spot. Nick, put what do you say, a, man? I know, I know a, you're not a gambling man. I know you can't gamble, but if you had to, 11 and a half. Let's not speak of hypotheticals here. I'm not going to walk that line. Um, uh, I mean, 
They won 13 games last year, and they did it with three different quarterbacks. The first thing I think of is we just believe that Brock Purdy is going to come back from this elbow injury and be the same guy he was. This is a guy that was Mr. Irrelevant. Nobody expected anything from. And and suddenly we just expect him to come back and be Aaron Rodgers on a year-by-year basis? Like, what about a potential sophomore slump? What about if Sam Darnold's not good? What about if Trey Lance has to play and 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 is good or isn't good? Like, there's so much up in the air that putting them over 11 feels aggressive. It feels risky. But they're also in a division with a lot of winnable games. They play a, a, a tough schedule, but I, I see a chance for a good amount of wins. I mean, Tampa, New York, I'm just just dumping all over the Giants tonight. My God, Minnesota, um, Washington. There's, there's a bunch of games that they can win outside of their division as well. Does quarterback matter? I don't know. It matters to most every other team. I don't know how much it matters to this team. Is the defense as good as expected? I also don't know because... As Club Fantasy FFL said, losing to Miko will be huge for them. Um, I also did. I have a hard time saying <laughs> they to win 12 games. Like, but you're I, thinking about it. But you're you thinking said, about you it. You said 11 and a half? I said 11 and a half. A wild card last year in the NFC was 9 and 8 and 9, 7 and 1. Um, I'm going to go under and say 11. That feels right to me. 11. With everything that they're going to have to deal with, I say 11. And it's going to be another hell of a coaching job by Kyle Shanahan, which he's done so much at this point that we shouldn't question anything he does. I just don't know if it's going to be as perfect or as near perfect as it was last year. My head is telling me under. My head is saying 11 and 6. Way over, baby. But my heart says over because I don't want to bet against Kyle Shanahan and the defense and the defensive line and the running back room. Give me the over on the San Francisco 49ers. I just found it funny that you mentioned Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell in the same breath. They're both <laughs> running backs. They both are on the same team, but they're not quite the same players. They both technically play I think football. Elijah Mitchell's a, I think Elijah Mitchell's a good I running back. Too. He's good, but he's not, he's not McCaffrey good. The same sentence was okay, funny. but not many are. <laughs> not many are. I mean, I think at the same time, if you want like more of a downhill running back, you're going to hand it off to Elijah Mitchell. And if you want to pass a little bit more, yeah, then Christian McCaffrey's your guy. I think they are able to spread the ball out a little bit more because of that. Watch Katie, them line up in the freaking wing tee next year. I mean, they could with Uzcheck. Uh Katie, this is not a slight to you, Sean, either. But Katie, um, I'm going to bring you up to speed real quick. Sean is a good fantasy football player. Very good. He's speaking like a fantasy football player when it comes mm. to Elijah Mitchell. I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. I, 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 am. I am. He won me a title two years ago. Uh, anyway. I also happen to be that is pretty damn for... good at fantasy football. Thank you very much. As a multiple league winner. Mm. Oh, looks like somebody's going to get invited to the league, Sean. <laughs> Time to see Katie I'm in too Sean many. Don't invite me really anymore. Try. I'm in too many leagues. Yes, yes. No. <laughs> Help. Do, you want, do you want my team? Because I don't want to be in any. No. I don't want to play fantasy football anymore. It's my job. It's too many. I don't do it's it. too much. It's too much. Why do it's I have four fantasy football teams this year? Get me out of here. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, it's time for the final segment of the day. Hate it or love it. We start with the hate traditionally. Katie, what's your hate? Guys, we got to talk. I thought about bringing this up in the group chat, but I wanted to save it for the pod. I feel sick to say it uh-huh. out loud. I hate that I am gently, slowly warming up to who Max Verstappen is as a person. Uh, whoa. I don't know what's going on. I'm not proud of it. It makes me feel sick that I've just said this out loud. Blocked. I understand. I understand. Last year, I was very vocal about my feelings about Max Verstappen. 
As a racing fan, I still am very frustrated <laughs> about how the season is going with him out front. But he's starting to have a few little moments where I'm seeing him warm up as a person a little and he's being a little cheeky and being a little funny and I hate that it's working it's, for me. It's easy when you have no competition and you can be cheeky whenever you want. Your real character comes out when you're challenged. I fundamentally agree and you also, with you. Know, you know who we haven't seen a lot of this year or like at all? His dad. <laughs> Which makes it much easier to like Max Verstappen. But I also... It does make... It, it yes. makes me respect him a lot more seeing where he came from. Like, unfortunately, through no fault of my own, I'm learning more about who he is and was as a person growing up. And then he's doing cheeky little things like saying, I had an incident. <laughs> and then looks over at Lando an and incident. laughs. The callback to Charles when he was a little baby racing. And he's just starting to show me a bit more. And he's being a bit less of a dick. And... A lot of my work with athletes, like with football players, we don't talk about football. It's about who you are. What have you been through? We are not allowed to talk about sports. And I feel a little bit of that sinking in for me. And like I said, this isn't my love. This is my hate. I hate that this is happening to me. But I'm starting to just see him in a bit of a different light. And it makes me deeply uncomfortable. I said it, guys. I said it. I, mean, I had to get it off my chest in public. You know what? No, you do. You, you bring up a good point. He is more likable this season because he has absolutely no competition. Nick's out. I mean, he just took off his headphones. He's like, I'm a gummy out here. I need to shave my head. <laughs> no, I, I'm wearing a uh, Max Verstappen 2021 world champion hat. So I'm right there with you, Katie. All right. Welcome aboard. But do you see where like Champ. he's he's just being more tolerable, I find. And he's being kind of sweet and kind of funny. And Yeah, because he's cruising to win. He has nobody to compete with. He's just having a good time. And eventually he's going to be like, I'm tired of winning. I'm done. I fully agree. Wouldn't it be I so much better if we just that. raced the rest of the season without Max? Yes, like, give him, the, give him the title now and then just, hey, for the rest of the, hey, Max, you don't have to come back or put someone else in the car. Put Danny in there. Put Liam Lawson in there. I don't care. Just put someone else in that Red Bull. Go on Max, vacation. you already won. You're good. Go on vacation. Take, it, take an early sabbatical and let everyone else race. Oh, that'd be put awesome. him into the commentary if, uh, if box. Books That's what I want. Oh, take yeah, him out no, of the Red Bull. Let's not do that. No, 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 no. You like him now. You would like him now. You would like him now. It's <laughs> still my favorite thing he's ever said. <laughs> What's funniest about that, Katie, not to like drag this out too long, is like when he wins now, he's not even like, woo, he's just like, good job, guys. Yeah. That's why that was a lovely day. Yeah, that, that third stint was a little tough with the tires, but good job. We won still because we're the best. Quick last right, point. Sean, I think hate? that's where I'm starting oh. to lean into this a little is because there's a big part of me that worries that this greatness we're not going to see for a long time. People smarter yeah, than me are saying they're worried about how long he's going to want to be in the sport. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, enjoy it while it lasts. If exactly. record books didn't exist, he could take the vacation, but they do, and let him make his place in history. Oh, and let, let him win a championship that's not controversial beyond last yeah, year. Yeah, at this point, like, uh, yeah, 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 fair point, yeah. All right, much yeah, of hate, John. Well, Nick, I previewed this for you earlier in the week, so here's the question. I'm, I'm flying to Cleveland tomorrow, and... And we're supposed to have a night out on the town. Oh, now oh, do I do town. I oh. Uber all the way from Berea, Ohio, to look at this guy, your house, or are you able to pick me up? Look are you able to guy. pick a buddy up look at this guy. from the airport, Nick? So there's guilt tripping, and then there's public shaming and guilt tripping into somebody doing something. 
a little peek behind the curtain here, folks. <laughs> Sean texted about this yesterday, and I said, I guarantee you he's going to ask me to pick him up from the airport. And yes, I can, Sean. Wait, when do you get in? Uh, the flight says it lands at 9 o'clock, which is probably more like Yes, of course I can get you. We might not be able to grab dinner anywhere, but I can still get you. Oh, I'll, gra I'll, I'll, I'll grab something at the airport here in Tampa. Then I'm going to start with my love because it's Nick picking me up. From I'm kidding. No. Um, I have something else for my love. Uh, my, my hate this week is that I never know what to pack for a trip. Oh, and yeah. I always overpack. And, 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 and here's the thing. It's always, it's always overpacking, but I'm stressing about it because mm -hmm. do I need two pairs of jeans or just one pair of jeans? It's going to be warm, but how warm? Do I need four pairs of shorts or can I survive with three? And then the t-shirts are always what takes up so much, so much room. Big B is now officially banned <laughs> from this podcast or commenting on it. I'm just kidding because he comments the most. He said, Sean, take an Uber. I would, but I'm going to take an Uber back in the morning. The follow-up, make him walk. In the morning. <laughs> make, make him walk. That's only, what, 20 miles? Uh, no, Nick, I, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the sincerity of it. Um, but no, I hate packing because I haven't packed yet. I'm going to stress about it all night and uh, all morning tomorrow. Um, uh, I didn't have much of a hate, but in that same vein, uh, when Bridget flew back last week, she got delayed so much that she took a different flight because <sighs> she was basically told that the original flight wasn't going to make it here in time. And um, her original flight ended up beating her here by like three hours. So I hate delays. I hate being stuck at an airport for hours beyond when your flight's supposed to happen. Oh, it's no. A simple one. Hey, hey, hey. Why would you even put that evil into the world, Nick? Don't you put that evil, on me. Just said it. Uh, what? Don't you put Sean, that evil on me. That happens so much more often than people getting struck by lightning or eaten by sharks or attacked by sharks. I mean, you have to go in there expecting like, A, they're going to lose my luggage. B, my flight's going to get delayed. Prepare for everything. Expect the worst. Hope for the best. All right, Katie, what's your love? So remember a few weeks ago when we talked about the Canadian bocce championships? Guess what's coming uh, up in two days? Ball. Not bocce ball. Thank it's you. Look, bocce. we're learning. Yay! We are two days away from July Fest, the Canadian bocce championships, and I am team captain yet again on team boats and hoes. And she's warming up her shoulder for the rolling and tossing. It's whatever a two-part where sport. you throw with your right arm and then you have a drink at all times in your left hand. So I might be having a few adult beverages over that weekend. But if you guys a need few. me to shoot any content for the pod, I'm happy to give you a nice like 11.30 p.m. Friday night check-in from Ooh. Nationals. Katie, I don't know... I am gonna I don't know how... badger you for those. <laughs> Yo, no, seriously, take take video, turn your phone sideways, remember. I don't know how well-versed you are in like <laughs> any of the stories that I've ever done, but I would love to do like a story on the Canadian <gasps> bocce ball, or sorry, bocce championships, if Good I story. could only fly up and do that. Because it would be, I, I would be, I would, the whole story would just be tongue in cheek and I would, you know, make it a point to like focus on the alcohol part. Of what it. about oh, a man. live really podcast next, now. next July fest at Canadian bocce championships during race week. <laughs> Team gridiron podcast. Team work, hey, making the dream okay. work. 
I'm Katie Caldwell from the Nibachi Championships, and this is Sean Barry live from the Canadian. This is July the Gridiron Podcast. Boston host. Oh wait, this is Boston the microphone. Host. This is a beer bottle. <laughs> Excuse me, folks. Three in the bottom. I'm drinking sangria. I see it going flawlessly for <laughs> us. That is my love. We are July Fest Eve. Nick and I- Eve. Guys, this is my favorite. Nick and I do tend to record content when we're inebriated. Oh, yeah. That's a tradition (laughs) unlike any other folks. (laughs) Amen Corner's got nothing on me and Sean on the streets Uh. of some city at 4 a.m. with a Subway sandwich face open down on the pavement. We're lamenting the fact their bars have closed. All right, Sean, what's your love? Uh, My love is that McLaren finally looked like they have figured something out. I don't know if they have figured it out, but they have figured something out. Uh, And like we said earlier, it doesn't look like that's track specific or that this is one off. It looks like they have something going for them and maybe they're competing for wins faster than we all thought. So that is my love to finally just see the team I root for at the front competing for something consistently, hopefully. Sean Barry, fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. He doesn't know what it's like to watch a winning scheme. They didn't make the playoffs this year. Poor Sean. The pain. Oh no. The tears I've shed. (laughs) The Pirates are his only out. That's it. And they're only eight games under 500. Yeah, Carlos Santana hitting walk-offs and doing dances. Yeah, man. (laughs) Slam Tana. You're welcome. Too bad you didn't enjoy him in his prime, although it kind of looks the same as it did then. Uh, all right. My love is uh, you guys remember my, my water bill thing last week? Um, oh, yeah. Well, waking up in fear that today's the day my water is unexpectedly or at this point expectedly shut off because I can't pay a bill I've never received. Well, let me tell you, after 29 minutes of waiting on hold today, this guy finally got through to the water department and the water department was absolutely flummoxed. They had no idea what was going on with my situation. Turns out they came out and did everything they needed to when we moved in and they were supposed to start the account in my name and they never did. And it's still in the builder's name and I'm getting free water for two months and they told me it's not my fault. It's up to them to update everything and not me. So keep the H2O flowing here. We live next to a giant freshwater lake and I'm not paying for it. We just hear the water running in the background the entire podcast out of principle. (laughs) It's like, ah, yes, look at this. Free water. This is amazing. (laughs) Hear that, honey? That's free water flowing. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Warm that shower up. Yeah, get to just the right temperature. We ain't paying for it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it's fine. All right. This has been, on that note, episode nine of the Gridiron Podcast. It has been a fun one, a long one, longer than I thought. Probably my fault is usually just like the endings are too long why don't you take it away this has been episode nine of the gridiron podcast for katie caldwell and nick shook i'm sean barry and as always like subscribe share leave us a five-star review and if you write a nice review we'll even read it out at the beginning of each podcast didn't borrow that from matt one, matt and tommy at p1 at all it's a good idea <laughs> so i mean hey hey let, like let katie copyright let, is anything let katie do the tagline did you Go pass for it, that katie. part to her Katie, go for it. Do it. Do Don't it. do this to me. What's the? I don't know what the tagline is. This is when I just sit back. For Katie Caldwell and Nick Shook, I'm Sean Barry, and as always, keep life in the fast lane. Playoffs. <laughs> Playoffs. Playoffs.